Now, inshallah, we're going to learn about Ibrahim salam. And Ibrahim salam, the one thing that we learn about him is that he was a very grateful servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shakiran li'an'umih. In the Qur'an we learn about Ibrahim salam that he was a very grateful servant to Allah for the blessings that Allah had given him. So let's look at these verses and see what we can learn from them. Lesson number 131, Surah Ibrahim, ayah number 35 to 52. وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ And recall when Ibrahim said. When Ibrahim salam said, Rabbi, O my Lord, اِجْعَلْ Make هَذَا Balad, This city آمِنًا Secure Safe وَجْنُبْنِي And protect me Save me Keep me away وَبَنِيَّ And my sons Meaning my children My offspring My descendants Keep us all away and نَعْبُدَ الْأَصْنَامِ That we worship the idols Meaning keep us away from the worship of the idols in this ayah and the following ayat, some of the du'as of Ibrahim salam are mentioned. Ibrahim salam, the Prophet of Allah, he was one of the Rusul, one of the Anbiya, and in this surah, which is Surah Ibrahim, which is named after Ibrahim salam, in this surah we learned about the Prophets in general. That how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent various Prophets to various people. Why? For the purpose of guidance. And generally, what was the reaction of the people? And on the other hand, we also learned about the persistence of the prophets, their tawakkul, their reliance upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and how they did not give up conveying the message despite the opposition that they faced. And it shows to us the determination of the prophets, how sincere and well-wishing they were for their people. This is why they suffered so much hardship, and yet they did not want anything bad for their people. And the perfect example of this is Ibrahim a.s. After Nuh a.s. Until the time of Ibrahim a.s. Almost all people, all communities, all civilizations, they practiced some form of shirk. Remember that at the time of Nuh a.s. There was the great flood. And after that, which people existed? The people who were upon Tawheed. Upon the religion of the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But soon after that, what happened? Shaytan misguided people again, so shirk began again. And shirk is the first thing that shaytan calls mankind to. Why? Because shirk is such a deed because of which a person's good deeds are wasted. It's the key to misguidance. If a person does shirk, then he is misguided. And Shaytan, he belittles the crime of shirk, the sin of shirk, of associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is how shaytan has led many, many people astray. So after Nuh salam, what happened? Shirk spread everywhere. And by the time that Ibrahim salam came, shirk was prevalent in all societies, in all communities. It had spread everywhere and it had become deeply rooted in the very culture, in the very traditions of the people. Shirk was the only religion that people knew. It was the only religion that people knew. And each people, each community followed you know, their ancestors blindly. And the only proof they had for shirk was that we found our forefathers, our parents, our ancestors upon this way, and this is why we do it. And this is a very big problem. 
that when you do something because of a person and not because of what they're saying, then it's very difficult to move away from it. It's very difficult to leave it. So people practiced shirk not because it made sense. They practiced shirk because their parents were upon shirk. Their traditions, their culture were based on shirk. And this is the dalil, the evidence that they took for themselves. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had Ibrahim alayhi salam establish the center of tawheed. A place where only tawheed was practiced. Meaning people worship Allah alone. There is no sign of idolatry. There is no trace of associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a center of hidayah. It's a center of guidance. People come from far and wide. Why? Only for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's it. And when people come there, they realize this great truth, they take it back to their communities, and this is how tawheed would spread, and tawheed would be prevalent. And this center was what? It was the city of Mecca. So Ibrahim was instructed to take his son Ismail and Umm Ismail, what was her name? Hajar, take them to Mecca and leave them there. Why? So that a new community would come into existence and these people would be those who were upon Tawheed. So when Ibrahim first brought his son and Hajar, to Makkah, this is the dua that he made. These are some of the duas that he made. Soon after that, when Ibrahim salam visited again Makkah, Ismail salam had grown up, he was a young boy, Ibrahim salam built the Kaaba with him. So when Ibrahim salam first brought Ismail and Hajar, this is the dua that he made. وَإِذْ قَالَ Ibrahim. And remember, recall when Ibrahim salam he said, Rabbi Jal, O oh my Lord, make Hadal Balad this city. Which city? The city of Makkah. Aminan, safe, secure. Meaning a place where people are safe. Whether those people are the inhabitants of those city or they are visitors in that city, no matter who they are, when they come here, they find security, they find safety, they find refuge, they find peace. And this is the reason why the city of Makkah, what is it? It is Muharram. It is sacred. Meaning the blood, the property of every individual is safe over there. Except for the one who commits a crime in the city of Makkah. He is not safe there. But otherwise, every person, even if he's a criminal outside of Makkah, meaning he committed a crime outside Makkah, when he comes to Makkah, he is safe. He is safe. Because this is a city which is Amin. So Ibrahim made dua that this place be safe. And he made dua that, O oh Allah, wajnubni and keep me away. Ujnubni is from jim noon ba, jamb. Jamb means side. The side of a person. So the side of a person, you know, for example, you are trying to avoid something. Do you face it? Or do you turn your side to it? What do you do? You turn your side to it. Why? Because you're avoiding it. And when you're not avoiding something, then you face it. So he said that, Oh Allah, keep me away and keep my children away. From what? An-na'bud al-asnam, from the worship of idols. Asnam, plural of sanam, idols. Because 
Idols, what are they? Partners that are associated with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he left everything. Ibrahim left his people, left his father, left everything. Why? For the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He brought his son and Hajar in Makkah and left them there. Why? So that Tawheed would be established. He didn't want anything to do with idols. Because the idols, you know, partners that are associated with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is what he had been avoiding all his life. That is what he had been striving to keep away from all his life. So he wanted to make sure that he was saved from these idols, from the worship of the idols, him and his children. Now, the city of Makkah, much after Ibrahim a.s. Who was it inhabited by? Hmm? Who used to live there? Much, much after him. The Quraysh. Right? And to them, who was sent? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was sent. So indirectly, the people of Makkah, at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, they're being told that this city was founded on Tawheed. This city came into existence, why? So that Tawheed would be established. Ibrahim ﷺ, the founder of the city you could say, he wanted to make sure that there were no idols over here. Only Allah is worshipped over here. And you, O Makkans, have filled this city with idols. You have filled the house of Allah with idols. This is what you have brought over here? Shirk? Ibrahim salam said, Rabbi, O my Lord, innahunna, indeed they. Meaning, indeed these idols. Hunna. Notice the word hunna. What is it? Feminine. Feminine plural is being used for who? Asnam. Because asnam is what kind of plural? Is it sound plural or broken plural? Broken plural. Good. And remember that for a broken plural, which pronoun is used? Male or female? Female. So, Rabbi innahunna. He said, Oh my Lord, indeed these idols, adlalna. They have led astray. They have misguided. Kathiram minan nas, many among the people. Oh my Lord, these idols have led astray many, many people. Tell me something. Can the idol itself mislead people? It's just an object, right? An idol is just an object. Is it a living thing or a non-living thing? It's non-living. Can it say anything? Can it do anything? Nothing. So why is Ibrahim blaming the idols? That they have misled many from the people. They have misled many human beings. Why? Because these idols were a cause of misguidance. They became the cause of misguidance. How? That when the people, they see idols... Whatever it is that they find in the idols, they find so attractive or Allahu alam what, that they get lost in the idols and they forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are afraid of the idols and they forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They serve the idols and they forget Allah. Because if you think about it, shirk, how is it that it always begins? That in order to seek Allah, people go to other than Allah. Sometimes it is an idol, sometimes it is a human being, sometimes it is an angel, sometimes it's a spirit, whatever it may be. And then what happens is that the idol, it becomes more important to them than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Rabbi innahunna adlalna kathira minan nas. Oh my Lord, indeed they have misled many among the people. فَمَن تَبِعَنِي So whoever follows me, meaning, 
in tawheed whoever practices tawheed fa innahu minni then he is off me meaning he is on my religion he is off me waman asani and whoever disobeys me meaning he does shirk he does contrary to what i do what i practice meaning he commits shirk fa innaka ghafurur rahim then indeed you are yet o oh allah forgiving and merciful meaning if you wish you can forgive them and if you wish you can punish them notice this last statement in the ayah that how ibrahim alayhi salam is saying that oh allah those upon shirk they are not of me they have nothing to do with me those on tawhid they are with me even if there's a difference of thousands of years they are still of me they are like me they are upon my religion they are of my group and those upon shirk i have nothing to do with them but ya allah fa innaka ghafurur rahim yet you are forgiving and merciful what does it show us about ibrahim alayhi salam that ibrahim alayhi salam he was very very sincere to all people he wanted the best for all people whether they did right or they did wrong whether they were upon truth or they were followers of falsehood he wanted the best for all people because indirectly he is seeking forgiveness for who who is he seeking forgiveness for for the mushrikeen by saying that woman asani fa innaka ghafurur rahim that those who disobey me and they do shirk oh allah yet you are forgiving and merciful what is he doing indirectly he's seeking forgiveness for them he's seeking forgiveness for them isa alayhi salam on the day of judgment we learn that when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask him that oh isa did you tell the people that they should worship you and your mother and isa alayhi salam will basically declare his innocence over there and say that no this is not what i called people to i only told them to worship allah alone and he will say finally that in tu'adhibhum fa innahum ibaduk wa in taghfir lahum then innaka antal azizul hakim that oh allah if you punish them then indeed these people are your servants meaning you have all the ability all the right to punish them for their shirk but if you forgive them you are mighty and wise meaning it's not because of some weakness that you would forgive them you are mighty and you are wise so indirectly he will also seek forgiveness for the people imagine on the day of judgment what does this show to us about the prophets of allah that the prophets of allah they were sincere people they wanted the best for their people for mankind in general and this is the reason why they were so patient with their nations they were so patient with their communities so many prophets of allah they were persecuted by their people they were rejected about muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam in surah al-kahf what do we learn fala'allaka bakhi'un nafsaka ala atharihim illam yu'minu bihadha al-hadithi asafa that these people are not believing you would perhaps you know kill yourself you would destroy yourself out of grief for the disbelief of your people people didn't care about their disbelief muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam was so grieved by their disbelief that this grief allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that you would perhaps destroy yourself with this grief ibrahim alayhi salam also he is told by his father stop telling me anything if you don't stop i'm going to stone you to death his father tells him leave 
Go away. Wahjurni maliyya. Go away. Leave me forever. Don't ever show your face to me. And Ibrahim salam says, سَأَسْتَغْفِرُ لَكَ رَبِّي I will seek forgiveness for you from my Lord. The prophets of Allah were loving people. They were forgiving people. They were well-wishing. They wanted the best for their people. And this characteristic must be adopted by everyone who wishes to be on the path of the prophets. Everyone who wishes to be on Surat Al-Mustaqeem. Everyone who wishes to call people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He must not condemn people you know, to hellfire, to the wrath of Allah immediately, instantly, all the time. No. He has to be patient. He has to be loving. He has to be tolerant. He has to be big-hearted like the prophets were. Because this way is very difficult. Calling people to the truth is extremely difficult. Have you ever seen a mother arguing with her three-year-old, convincing him to eat breakfast? I mean, the mother would literally pull her hair out. She would destroy herself. Her sleep is disturbed. Her sanity literally is going away. But still, she is after her child. Please eat. I beg you, please eat. Why? Why does she care so much about that child? He doesn't want to eat. Don't feed him. Let him starve. Why does she care about him? Because that child is hers. She loves that child. She wants him to be healthy. She wants him to be strong. She wants him to grow. And this is the reason why she will put her own sanity at risk sometimes and prefer her child over herself. We think mothers are sincere to their children. The prophets were even more sincere to their people. They were even more sincere to their people. Just think about it. Somebody speaks very harshly to us. Would we ever go back to them? No. We invite someone and they refuse. We are shy to speak to them again, ever. Or we are so offended that we don't want to see their face ever again. But Muhammad wasallam, he would go to people, do da'wah to them again and again and again. Why? Because the prophets wanted their people to be guided. Why? Because they knew, they understood how difficult and how hard the afterlife is. If a person is not upon the truth. If a person does not believe in Allah. So they wanted the best for their people. The Prophet ﷺ also, so many times, he would be crying for his ummah. He would be crying for his ummah, praying for their guidance. Why do you think the Prophet ﷺ went for battle at Badr? 300 people, 300 sahaba are facing an army of a thousand soldiers. Literally soldiers. And the Prophet ﷺ, his people, his sahaba, are they equipped with enough weapons? No. What do they have? Hardly anything. Weak bodies, hungry stomachs, sick. This is how they were. Weak because they had been persecuted for so long. But yet the Prophet ﷺ put his life at risk. Why? To save Islam. To save Tawheed. He put his life at risk, in danger. Why? To preserve this religion so that people are guided. So the Prophets of Allah were the most genuine, the most sincere people. And in this is a big lesson that the people who are 
working for the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have to be very loving, very welcoming, very forgiving, very tolerant. Because otherwise, it's not possible to pass on the religion to the people. It's not possible. Have you ever spoken to you know those people who work at call centers and they're just calling and promoting things? Hmm? And sometimes you're so rude with them. Or you hear your mother yelling at them or your father telling them, never call us again. We got our ducts cleaned, you know, just last month. Stop promoting, you know, your business again and again. The person on the other side, does he ever get offended? Does he ever start cursing you back? There is rare occasions. Very rare. But you know exactly how we treat them and how they respond to us. Why? Because they're selling us something that will bring them a commission of maybe $50, maybe $100, maybe $150. For the sake of little money, they're so patient. They're so tolerant. They're so loving. They're so forgiving. For the sake of Akhirah, can we not be loving and forgiving? Can we not be open-hearted? Can we not adopt this beautiful quality of the prophets of Allah? Rabbana, O our Lord, inni, indeed I, askantu, I have settled. Askantu from seen, kaf, noon. He said, I have settled min zurriyati some of my descendants, some of my children. Not all of his descendants, not all of his children, but some. You know that Ibrahim salam, he had Ishaq salam, and he also had Ismail salam. So he said, I have settled some of my descendants, meaning Ismail and his mother, where biwadin in a valley. I have brought some of my children, Ismail, that is, to a valley, wadin, a valley, that is ghairi, that is not, the zar'in. The possessor, meaning one of zar'. What does zar'a mean? Produce, cultivation. Meaning, it's a valley where nothing grows. There's no forests, there are no woods, there's no farmland, there's no agriculture. No, it's a barren valley where nothing grows. And if nothing grows, what does that mean? You have no food. It wasn't, you know, that there were big grocery stores over there so you could just go buy food that was imported from other places. No. At that time, nobody lived in Makkah except for Ismail and Hajar. Literally, they were the only two souls that were in Makkah. He said, I have brought some of my family here in a valley that grows nothing. But the only reason why I have brought them here, and the only reason why I'm going to leave them here, and the only reason why I'm going to bear that pain of separation from them, is why? Near your house. That is Muharram, that is sacred. Near the Kaaba. Meaning this is the only reason why we are here. This is the only reason why I have left my children here. Now remember, Ibrahim salam when he first brought Ismail and Hajar to Makkah, and he left them there, as he brought them to Makkah, remember there was no Kaaba at that time. Okay? No Kaaba at that time. No Masjid al-Haram. No tents. No people. Nothing. No market, you know, a few miles away. Nothing. There was nothing there. Literally nothing. And Ibrahim salam, as he left Hajar and Ismail and he walked away, 
And Ismail was still an infant, still being nursed by his mother. As he walked away, Hajr asked him, where are you going? Why are you leaving us here? What's going on? Ibrahim was silent. Because imagine how difficult it was for him to leave his son there. Must have been extremely difficult. And Hajr kept asking him until she said that, as Allah commanded you. And she said, if Allah has commanded you, then Allah will not waste us. Then He will protect us. And that is exactly what happened. You know about the story of Hajr. How Ismail السلام, when he was hungry, she nursed him. And there came a point where she wasn't producing any more milk because she hadn't had water, she hadn't had enough food. And you know that's exactly what happens with mothers. They need to eat food in order to produce milk. Otherwise, their children, they can't get anything. So she was searching for water, searching for any you know trace of food. And in order to do that, she would run from hill to hill. And she did that seven times. And Ismail, he was crying and crying and crying. And you can imagine a hungry baby, a thirsty baby, how that baby cries. But imagine the pain of that mother. But yet she did not complain to Allah. She did not say, what kind of religion is this? What kind of sacrifice is being demanded of us? That we are being deprived of our basic rights. That we are not allowed to be with people. That we are not even given food and water. She ran from hill to hill. And all of a sudden, when she came back to Ismail, what does she see? A spring at his feet. A spring at his feet. And she said at that time, zam, zam, meaning stop, meaning don't flow away and dry up. And so she made like a small, you know, like a wall or something, very, very small with sand in order to keep the water, you know, contained in one place. Now, with water, what happens? There is life. When there is water somewhere, what will come? Birds will come. And when birds will come, what will happen? People that are far off in the distance looking for water, they will know that oh, wherever the birds are going, there's something there. So there was a tribe of Jurham. Hmm? The tribe of Jurham that was nomadic basically, they would travel in the desert, a very small tribe at the time, in search of food and water. Wherever they found food, wherever they found water, that is where they went and lived. And when they ran out of that water, they would go and look for some other place. So they realized that there was something in this place where these birds keep going to. And so they followed the birds. And they came and found that yes, there was water, and there's a woman and her baby. So they asked Hajar if they could also camp there. Hajar allowed them. She said, okay, you can stay here, but remember this water is mine. You cannot take over it. It belongs to me. This well, this spring is mine. So they agreed. Now obviously the well of Zamzam was such that it never dried up. Because it never dried up, Jurham, they never moved away. You understand? They never had to travel away from there. So they lived in Makkah. Now, Hajar, Ismail are there, and now there are people that are living there also. Okay? And in this, you can say, tribe, Ismail salam, he grew up. When he was 13 years old, it is said, that is when Ibrahim السلام, came again to visit. And when he came to visit, that is when he built the Kaaba with Ismail السلام. Both father and son built the house of Allah. They did not build their own house. They did not build their own house. They built the house of Allah. I want you to notice something. 
First of all, the family members are separated from one another. Imagine the father, at such an old age, he has a son, a baby, and he does not get to see that baby grow up. Why? Because Allah has told him to leave his son somewhere and go back. He doesn't know if his baby is going to survive. And then at 13, when his baby is 13, he comes back and he's been told to build a structure, to build a house. Whose house? Their own house so that they can live lavishly and easily, a life of comfort? No. They are building the house of Allah. رَبَّنَا إِنِّي أَسْكَنْتُ مِنْ ذُرِّيَّتِي بِوَادٍ غَيْرِ ذِي زَرْعٍ عِنْدَ بَيْتِكَ الْمُحَرَّمِ Near your sacred house. That is what is special. Because there was nothing in that barren valley that was a source of attraction. That was a source of attraction. Think about it. People move from city to another city, from one country to another country. Why? For what purpose? Why? To live a better life. To make more money. To have more opportunities. But here, what is the only opportunity that they have? What? عِنْدَ بَيْتِكَ muharram. They are close to the house of Allah. رَبَّنَا O our Lord لِيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ So that they can establish the prayer. They can worship you. We have nothing of this world in this city. But the one thing we have is the house of Allah. We have not come here to make more dunya. We have not come here to make money, to live a better worldly life. We are here to worship you. Now think about it. Many times in life, we give up things also. We have dreams. We have hopes. We save our money. Hmm? We study in order to have a career. We strive hard. Why? What's the goal? Is it to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala better? Is it to serve the deen? Is it to spread the religion of Allah? Or is it for something else? When we study to have a career, what is the purpose? To build whose life? To make who successful? To bring success to ourselves, right? Ibrahim salam, he doesn't care about himself. He doesn't care about the worldly life of his children. What is he concerned about? The house of Allah, the deen of Allah, the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And for that, he bears separation from his children. For that, he is sacrificing so much for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to make the deen of Allah successful. Also, I want you to notice over here, the role of Hajar. If she didn't accept, if she didn't stay in Mecca, if she said to Ibrahim, I'm sorry, I'm not staying here, I'm scared. I'm not looking after a baby all by myself. This is not fair. You are the father. A father has to be there for his son. How could you be so selfish that you're leaving your son? No. No complaints like that. And if you think about it, the Kaaba was built, the center of Tawheed was established with whose sacrifice? The sacrifice of a woman. The sacrifice of a woman. Because if she did not cooperate, 
if she did not bear the separation from Ibrahim if she did not take the burden of looking after her son all by herself, if she did not bear the hardship you know, of hunger, deprivation, fear, being alone, if she didn't take up all of these difficulties, if she did not make these sacrifices, how would we have to hate today? How would we have the Kaaba today? It was with the cooperation and the sacrifice of a woman. The Prophet ﷺ, once he said about Khadija anha, when he was praising her, that she helped me when people opposed me. She believed in me, she trusted me, she supported me when the whole world was against me. She is the one who was his biggest support at a time that he needed strength. So we think that, you know, the service to the religion, spreading the religion, that's only the role of the men. No. It's not just the responsibility of the men. It's also the responsibility of the women. In Surah Tawbah, what do we learn? وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ The believing men and the believing women, they are helpers of one another. They help and cooperate. They cooperate with one another. Why? To practice the religion, to spread the religion. So Ibrahim salam he said, رَبَّنَا لِيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ O oh my Lord, O oh our Lord, the only reason why I have brought my family here is so that they establish the salah. فَجْعَلْ So you make أَفْئِدَةً Hearts مِنَ النَّاسِ Of the people. You make the hearts of the people تَهْوِي إِلَيْهِمْ Incline towards them. Towards who? Towards my family, my children who are here in Makkah. The word tahwi is from the root letters ha, waw, ya, hawa. Hawa is to quickly incline towards something. Also means to fall. One najmi ida hawa. Because when something falls through air, how does it fall? Very quickly. Very quickly. So tahwi ilayhim. Make the hearts of people incline quickly with love, with fondness. To love immediately. Make people love my children. وَرْزُقُهُمْ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ And provide them with fruits. لَعَلَّهُمْ يَشْكُرُونَ So that they are grateful. Why is Ibrahim asking Allah to make people love his children? Why? Love, what does it do? When you love someone, then what do you do? What's the first thing you want? You want to be with them. Love makes you, you know, cover the distances that may be between you and your beloved. It makes you, you know, give up many things. It makes you bear many hardships to be closer to the one whom you love. In Mecca, there was nothing that would attract people to come. There was nothing. There was no forest. There was no, you know, amazing animals, beautiful birds. Nothing like that. There was no museum. It wasn't a center of trade at the time. Nothing. So why would people come to Makkah? Why? There was nothing of this world to attract them. So Ibrahim said, Oh Allah, please make people love my children. Because when they will love them, they will come to Makkah. Not once, but again and again and again. And when they will come, what will they find? The Kaaba. And who will they worship? Allah. So through the love of my children, who will they discover? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who will they find? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who will they get closer to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Because there was nothing of the world in Makkah that would attract people to come there. Now you see the love of deen, the love of Allah, many times it is discovered by people, it is experienced by people. How? Through friendship, through love of certain individuals. That you get attracted to a particular individual by the way they speak or by the way they you know, help you. And it is through them that you find out what the Qur'an is. You find out what it means to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the love of Allah is instilled by people who call to Allah. You see, the Prophet ﷺ, as a human being, as an individual, he was very, very noble, very dignified. His personality was such that would attract people. Why? Because he was gentle, he was kind, he was generous, he was truthful, he was honest. Think about it. Khadija anha, who was much older than him, she sent a proposal to Muhammad ﷺ. She wanted to get married to him. There must have been something special about him, right? There were people who saw Muhammad ﷺ, his face, and they knew that he was not a liar. There was something special about him. So they would be attracted towards him, and they would speak to him, and he would put the love of Allah in the hearts of people. Isa a.s., Musa a.s., what kind of men were they? Strong men, good men, noble men, to whom people were naturally inclined to. And who did they find when they spoke to these messengers? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Ibrahim a.s. prayed, Ya Allah, make my children such, their manners, their akhlaq, their behavior such that people, they're inclined towards them. And when they're inclined towards them, they will come to Makkah, they will find Allah. They will worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, there are many places in this world that you would never ever visit. Okay? But the only reason why you would go there is because there is a friend of yours who lives there or there is a family member who lives there. That's the only reason why you'd go. You know, for example, many times it happens that when people move away from their home country to you know, a country in the Western world, they hate going back. They hate going back. Why? Because they know when they go back, they're going to get sick for sure. Because the water is not clean. The weather doesn't suit them anymore. The food, they know they're going to eat somewhere and they're going to fall ill. It happens every time. They have the worst memories. You know, every time they go, they get really sick. Why do they keep going back? Why? Because their relatives are there. People whom they love are there. This is the only reason why they'd go. Ask me. I know that every time I go to Pakistan, I know I'll get sick, my children will get sick. But why do I want to go? If you ask me, would you like to go today? I'd say yes, in a heartbeat. Send me five times a year, I'd go. The journey is long, it is difficult, but I'll go. I will never refuse. Why? Because my family's there. My relatives are there. Yes, the streets, they bother me. The fact that there is no electricity most of the day, that bothers me. The fact that winters are very harsh, that bothers me. The fact that you know my children will be sick, yes, that's very difficult. The fact that there is traffic and people don't drive properly, yes, it bothers me. But you know what? I don't care about those problems. What makes that place special is the people who live there. So Ibrahim salam prayed, Ya Allah, make my children such that people's hearts are inclined toward them. فَجْعَلْ أَفْئِدَةً مِنَ النَّاسِ تَهْوِي إِلَيْهِمْ What does that teach us? That the people who call to Allah, the people who 
work for the deen, who spread the deen, what kind of character should they have? Hmm? What kind of character should they have? What kind of people should they be? Loving people to whom others are attracted to. Because, you know when you go to a masjid, and when you go to a mall, what's more fun? Going to the mall or going to the masjid? Tell me honestly, what's more fun? The mall. Why? It's air-conditioned, no matter how stuffy it is, no matter how many people there are. Right? The washrooms will be clean. You can get to eat. There's plenty of room for everybody. You can speak loudly. Nobody will tell you, shh, shh. Right? But when you go to the masjid, then what happens? You're expected to give some donation. Hmm? You are told, please speak softly. And as soon as the masjid is filled up, it's going to smell. Even though the air conditioners you know, are running on full, it's still going to be stuffy and hot. You know how Ramadan is, right? In a masjid. So from a worldly perspective, going towards religious places is very difficult. Why? Because it demands a lot of sacrifice. As opposed to going to worldly places. That's very easy. Even if you have to go and spend a thousand dollars over there, it's still, for some reason, more fulfilling. People find it more fun. But when they go to the masjid and they have to give ten dollars, ouch. That seems very difficult. So what is the only thing that can you know, make people come to the masjid again and again, to a religious place again and again? The people over there. The friends that they will make over there. The people over there. Because if their hearts get hooked you know, to the people of the masjid, then what will happen? They will want to come back again and again and again. And this is a reality. Ask people who study, you know, for example, at a masjid, at an Islamic institute for an entire year and a half, and then when they go back, what is it that brings them? That classroom with very hard chairs to sit on? Those bright lights that give you a headache? Is that what attracts you? No. What is it that attracts you? It's the people that you want to meet again and again. And at the same time, it can work the exact opposite way, where the masjid, the institute may be very perfect, may be very beautiful in every way, but because the people are not welcoming, because they're not nice, people don't want to come. Islam lives in people, not books. And if even the Qur'an itself had to be accompanied by a prophet to like spread the message properly, of course, for us to spread it, we can't just hand people a flyer and say, oh, here, this is Islam. It has to be portrayed through us. And yes, we are all exactly. So what we need more are not more buildings, bigger buildings. What we need is who? People who are willing to welcome others. Yes. It just reminded me of how they say the importance of exhibiting Islam in you through your character and you know your mannerisms. It's important for you to exhibit it because actions speak louder than words. And it just reminded me of how a story that Osama Cannon, who was like a teacher back in America, he opened this Thought Leave Collective, which was it served a lot of converts and special service to them. And he was one of my teachers was just sharing that of how um, there was a man whose wife had converted to Islam a while ago, but he hadn't. And somehow she eventually convinced him to come to this organization and whatnot. And he would come there regularly. And he was there for three months before he accepted Islam. 
and he was just waiting because he wanted to see, you know, people over there, the community leaders were actually waiting on if they would just say something bad about someone of a different religion. And he was just waiting and he never heard anything. And people over there just assumed he was Muslim because he would actually pray even though he wasn't Muslim. And that's one of the reasons why he left, you know, going to the church because he was a Christian because people over there would actually just talk really bad about people of a different religion. And that's what attracted him to Islam, that, you know, the soft-heartedness and the kindness of people. Yes. And this is true for many people. That what attracts them to the religion is not something that is written in a book or something that was said by an individual, but it's the behavior of people. It's the akhlaq that they have adopted. Their kindness, their generosity. This is what leaves a greater impact on the people. So Ibrahim prayed for his children that they become such that the hearts of people are naturally, you know, immediately pulled towards them, inclined towards them. And he said, another dua that he made, that, وَرْزُقُهُمْ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَشْكُرُونَ Provide them with fruits so that they will be grateful. Why provide them with fruits? Because nothing grew in Makkah. Right? So provide them with fruits. Fruits, very unusual blessing for the people of Makkah at that time. He said, give them these blessings, unusual blessings, so that they would be grateful. Because, you know, the common blessings that we have, or the blessings that we have on a daily basis, we don't even feel them. We don't even feel them. What makes us grateful is an unusual, very different blessing. So, وَرْزُقُهُ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَشْكُرُونَ Now, Notice how Ibrahim salam is making his du'as. They seem to be so impossible, what he's asking for. It seems so impossible. How can the people of Makkah get fruit? There's no tree in Makkah at that time. There's nothing that grew in Makkah. But he's asking for the impossible. Why? Because he knows Allah can make it happen. He's so hopeful. Let's listen to the recitation. وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ جَعَلْ هَذَا الْبَلَدَ آمِنًا وَاجْنُبْنِي وَبَنِيَّ أَن نَعْبُدَ الْأَصْنَامِ رَبِّ إِنَّهُنَّ أَضْلَلْنَ كَثِيرًا مِّنَ النَّاسِ فَمَن تَبِعَنِي فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي وَمَن عَصَانِي فَإِنَّكَ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ رَبَّنَا إِنِّي أَسْكَنتُ مِن ذُرِّيَّتِي بِوَادٍ غَيْرِ ذِي زَرْعٍ عِندَ بَيْتِكَ الْمُحَرَّمِ رَبَّنَا رَبَّنَا لِيُقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ فَاجْعَلْ أَفْئِدَةً مِّنَ النَّاسِ تَهْوِي إِلَيْهِمْ وَارْزُقْهُمْ وَارْزُقْهُمْ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَشْكُرُونَ